Hi guys, welcome to episode 9 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. This is the uh, January 2019 episode. It is the 18th <laughs> of April 2019. <laughs> this, this episode is sponsored by being too fucking busy all the time. Goodness gracious. I, you know what I thought? I kind of thought you would come up with something, but that was brilliant. Good lord, you're right. I mean, man, we've missed a lot of stuff, but gosh, has it been busy, you know? I mean, and and not like in that way where you just say things are busy, you know? Like, I, I get it. Like, people, I do that all the time, man. I'm just too busy to do this, or I'm too busy to do It's just been crazy. I was telling somebody, I ran into somebody the other day. We'll probably get into this with all the questions or whatever, but I started listing, like, all of the stuff that I've been involved in this year already. And they were just like, whoa. I'm just like, yeah, that it gives my wife anxiety as well. Um, but you know what, man? We're rocking and rolling and uh, tons of cool shit coming up. And excited to be back doing this thing with you and excited to be seeing you in a few days in Ireland, getting to hang out, getting, get watching you get hammered on Guinness. Well, that's, that's Jarrett talking. And if you've ever listened to uh, Jarrett Goes to the Movies, you will know how super mad he gets when people talk and he's not introduced them yet. But that's Jarrett, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, God, good Lord, don't you feel like they're, they're on to us by now? Like, who's who on this? I mean, we've done, like, what, almost... You Five you mean the episodes? seven people who listen to this podcast? Right. I think they know who we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like my mom, your wife, you know, my girlfriend. This this That's podcast gets a lot of listeners. It really does. Like it's like upwards of like eight ten thousand listens a thing. So that's not too shabby for a uh, for a monthly podcast that goes about every six months now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. This is the biannual. Fan page celebration. But good lord, I mean, I mean, for us to catch up, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, we we haven't so we haven't done an episode since December. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I mean, since then the live DVD came out, um, which had been delayed a f several times. Um, it's funny, I catch a lot of shit for stuff getting delayed, and it's just one of those things where it's like you always want to have it out by a certain date. And like, uh, in fact, this one was, you know, the idea was to try to have it out last summer. And then once we got into it, there was no way that was going to happen. So it was like, okay, well, we'll do it around Thanksgiving weekend or whatever. And then it just, there's just so many things that go into it. And like, I'm sort of wondering why we even do some of the shit we do on DVDs now, because... You know, like, you have to have this menu and, like, this authored menu so that people can go to whichever song they want and this and this and this. And it's just like, why don't we just sell it to where you just put it in and it just starts, you know? Like, really, what are people going to say? You know, because I, I put in a DVD for the first time the other day in a long time. And I was just sitting there and I go, what do I do? I Like, which remote do I do? And how does this work? And the movie just started playing. And I was like, holy shit. But then I realized... It's a really old DVD, and they weren't doing that kind of shit. There weren't even previews yet. No. You know? So anyway, that was a uh, a long, long work uh, that we did, but we got it done, and it's out there, and, and the reviews have been great, and we're super excited about that. And then Rob, uh, bass player Rob, got engaged, so we're happy for him. He's doing um, – they're starting to plan their wedding now, which is awesome. And then I did my first Heartache and Hilarity 
And if you're wondering how I'm going through this chronologically so well, like you're thinking that, did he really like sit down and do his homework or whatever? No, I didn't. I'm uh, just looking at my calendar and scrolling through it. And, uh, and and that's how we're getting there. But I did my first heartache and hilarity here in the States, and it was awesome. I mean, man, the shows were pretty much sold out. And the response was great. Um, and so it's one of those things where I'm excited to get back out there and and do more um rockstar dad show has has been going really really well so I, I have that on my notes so podcasting has been crazy Jarrett goes to the movies completely revamped now um and excited about that rockstar dad show we've got some crazy guests coming up uh candlebox is is coming up soon and um gosh more than i can even throw at you so make sure you're listening to rockstar dad show uh then me and kelly Oh, no. Then I did two videos with Not Your Girlfriends. So those are coming out now. So Not Your Girlfriends are kicking ass. Super excited about what they're doing. And then me and Kelly's album came out. And that was awesome. We're super excited about that. I did some touring in the U.S. Did some touring of Texas and then up in the Midwest. Bowling for Soup show's going great. I mean, again, there's this crazy resurgence everywhere. It's just like... Now when I don't see the sold out sign, like I get like I, I it hurts my feelings, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. And and next week we go to uh, Belfast, Dublin, and then uh, Gros Rock in Belgium. And I'm you know I, it's going to be a great trip. I'm excited. So, I mean that's kind of everything I think. Also, I'm a father of three and a husband, and I have three dogs and uh, and very little life outside of of uh, work and family. But you know I do that to myself. So there you go. I mean, if you guys were wondering where the podcast's been, you know, Jarrett's had all that going on. I've been like drinking beers, so it, it's been a long four months. <laughs> we've been we've been busy. We've, to be fair, a, though, we've tried to schedule it a few times. Like it's oh been man, one of those things. So many we times. we say like we need to podcast, and then we like it, it gets yes, okay, hit me on this day or this week should be good, and then it just kind of rolls by, and it's just one of those things yeah. where yeah, I, it, I scrolled back. I scrolled back the other day, and um, I think January the sixteenth is the first time I messaged for this one and said, "Let's schedule this <laughs> podcast." So, we've I, been trying. I didn't even talk about though the fact that like spring is so insane with kids. Like, I got one daughter that's driving, but now, but she's. She's doing her own thing. I mean, she's got friends and a job and her own life, you know. She's self-maintaining now at this point. But Jack is in football, and he's got his stuff going on, and Everett's in baseball and karate and piano, and he's got all his shit going on. And, you know, it's just – it's it's a uh, it's a nutty time. But I'm looking forward to summer. Obviously, um, you know, we've got uh, – do I talk about what's coming up here? Too? That's what I do, right? I like let them yep. know what's coming. Yeah. So hey, one thing that I wanted to do on this podcast is just explain uh, BFS twenty five. I wanted to explain the weekend so that it's a little bit more clear. I know that there's some confusion, uh, and you know what? There, there's always there's always confusion in anything because it's you can't ever cover all the questions in an advert, you know. Uh, but Bowling for Soup weekend taking place uh, June sixth through June ninth. And it's four days. It's all in the same place. Uh, there is a ho- there are hotels right near there. On Thursday night, we are doing Jarrett goes to the movies live, and we'll be doing the movie, the cult classic, The Last Dragon, with the star of that movie. Um. 
So that's what's happening on the Thursday. Um, there's a price for the ticket, but the ticket includes your dinner. So essentially, you're you're basically paying for your dinner and a and a place to be and and there. Now there are um, some upgrades. I don't have anything to do with those as far as like the seating and stuff. Um, and there is a meet and greet if you want to meet the guy from the movie. Again, I have nothing to do with that. So that's all on the Lava Cantina website. Uh, and then the next night is uh, Bowling Pursuit presents the Nixons and Offended by Everything. Uh, the Nixons are a band from here that uh, had some hits back in the day, took us on tour a bunch. Bowling Pursuit, we will all be there in the building. There'll be cool shit around photo booths and things like that. Um, we'll jump up on stage with the band and play some songs. Uh, and then afterwards, Bowling for Soup Karaoke, which is which we've done before here in Dallas on, on Bowling for Soup Weekend. And it's a blast. It's just, you know, any Bowling for Soup song you can think of, the guy has it, and you can get up there and karaoke. We jump up with people. Great stuff. Then on Saturday night, uh, it's Bowling for Soup Show with Not Your Girlfriends. That's going to be insanity. Um, that one will sell out pretty soon. So if you're undecided, uh, you may want to start making your decisions pretty quick and then um let's see then sunday there's a brunch uh that your food is once again included in your ticket and then bowling for soup acoustic and question and answer and then um that kind of thing so there are tickets for each individual day if you don't want to go to all of them there's all encompassing tickets for each day and then there's tickets that have like meet and greets and all of that stuff so hopefully i've i've explained that well enough to where you understand like um, you can go Thursday and Saturday if you want, or you can go all four days, and um, pretty reasonable, I think. You know, if you just want to go all four days, because it's it's we kept the ticket prices low on on purpose, and really because anticipating a lot of people flying in for it. So um, I really am excited about it, man. I'm I'm I think it's going to be an awesome weekend. I hope we can make it into something that happens. Um, every year, and then uh, we'll be going on tour with Real Big Fish, co-headline in the States, so you'll get headline sets from both bands, Mest on the West Coast and Nerf Herder on the East Coast, and then um, Reading and Leeds Festival, holy crap, back in the UK, so busy time coming up, and then uh, those of you in the Midwest of the US who are giving a shit about not coming there with the Real Big Fish thing, be patient, uh, we'll be announcing the Midwest shows for the fall soon. And then also UK peeps that are pissed because we haven't announced a tour over there in a while. We can't announce anything until after Reading and Leeds. And once Reading and Leeds are done, we'll be able to announce what our plans are for over there. And I promise you're going to be happy. So, um, God damn, we did it. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have, all guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, did you drink a coffee today? <laughs> I didn't, and in fact, I'm I'm actually really tired. I'm trying not to appear to be tired, but I'm fucking exhausted. Me and Kelly had a weekend of house shows, and then it's just been a busy week from extended from that, and I just haven't really caught up. And it's been really rainy around here, and you know, I'm just kind of trying to trying to stay awake, trying to stay afloat, sir. Okay, man. Well, I'll do some talking for a while so you can catch your breath. Then sounds good. Now it's now is the point where we'd usually throw over to Fiona Freeman, who runs the fan page, uh, to announce the poster of the month. But she is busy with kid stuff. She also has super busy schedule, so we couldn't make it work tonight. But she did send me a message to say, uh, for being an awesome member of the page and always being first to take part in anything and everything that he's doing on the page or for the band, 
this month's post of the month is Joy Hollandshead. So Joy, when you hear this, if you want to drop me a message with your uh, shirt size and address, we will get some stuff out to you. Yes. I love people that win. You know? Winning Wait. is way better than Wait losing. Wait a minute. I said that wrong. I don't love people that win. I love when people win. I love people whether they win or lose. Right. Okay. Because I was like, there's like <laughs> five and a half thousand people who didn't win that. So, <laughs> like, you guys suck. Yeah. Sorry, you guys are sucky and I don't love you. I'm kidding. I love you all and you're awesome. Okay. So, next thing up is BFS in the news. Now, it's been four months, so I'm not going to read any bullshit about fucking which is your favorite color of mouse or some shit with, <laughs> with 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 the alternative press because they will have that countdown somewhere so main stuff in the news over the last four months has been uh, reviews of the dvd release um the warp tour 25th anniversary announcement and the jarrett and kelly release so how how did you get re how's reception of the dvd been has everyone Liked it? Yeah, man. Reception of the DVD has been great. couple of people that wish that it were some crazier quality sound or something. or I, I don't really understand. I mean, literally, like, a couple. Uh, I, I'm so out of the loop on any of that shit now. You know, like, I, I seriously don't ever put a DVD into the DVD player. Um, but, yeah, it's been re received greatly and um, super excited about it. Um, you know, I mean, it's Eric's final performance in the United Kingdom with Bowling for Soup. So, you know, it's 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 become even more of, of something that, that I feel like people want to have and, and, you know, be able to revisit and stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, and then the reviews for Jarrett and Kelly have just been, I mean, probably the best reviews well, no, not probably. Absolutely the best reviews I've ever gotten out of Bowling for Soup, for sure, on any of my projects. But, um, I mean, just all very positive and cool, and, and uh, it's just been a blast. I mean, we're, we're working on our video for our second single now, and uh, definitely going to ride this thing um, and try and get some live shows um, in early next year when both of our bands kind of settle down from you know our this being our 25th year tour and then them they have a dolly rots have a new album coming out so um things really won't settle down until first part of next year when we can start thinking about doing some stuff together well i mean we should probably talk briefly about uh schooled as well yeah the news. man crazy thing you know i mean the thing is is that that started last august um and they were looking for a theme song. We submitted a couple of ideas. Sorry, yeah, see? I told you I was tired. Uh, we submitted a couple of ideas, and we ended up getting past the initial submissions and into just where they were like, hey, we want you all to do it. We ended up submitting 14 different versions and all completely separate songs. I mean, like 14 different songs. And we got it. And so what Schooled is is a spinoff of the show, The Grizz... Uh, Goldbergs. Goldbergs. Goldbergs, thank you. And some cool insight to The Goldbergs is that Adam Goldberg, who writes the show and is the, his, his little kid version of him, is the main character in the show. Big Bowling for Soup fan. Um, and also Haley Arantia, who, pl who plays the daughter on the show, is from my neighborhood that I lived in. Uh, several years ago 
and I actually worked with her on some music and, you know, there was talk of me managing her and she used to babysit my kids. So super small world that there would be a spinoff of that show and me and Kelly would get the theme song. And um, so hopefully the, the full version of that song, we're hoping that will be out over the next few months, sometime probably around early summer. But show's doing really well. I know um, I've had some people from the UK that, don't quite understand it and and uh and don't think it's funny and i feel like that's the exact same way i feel when i watch a british comedy so not everything translates yeah i i think um you've got two things school the atmosphere of school and everything is very different here than it is in the states all right but, but also there's i mean i've only seen one episode of schooled but having watched all the goldbergs there's a lot of very 80s stuff so if you either are too old or too young to get those references yeah. you know then then and i imagine schooled is probably similar later on um, yeah i think schooled is more of like a 90s thing if i if i i, I yeah, actually so, have i'm gonna be honest i actually haven't watched it because i don't i never watched the goldbergs i don't watch television so i there's a few shows that i watch with my wife that are you know like binge watch kind of shows but i don't watch uh, TV, but from what I hear, the it 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 just it gets rave reviews and and it's doing really really well. So, um, and the chick from Ali and AJ, who we used to play with at Disney shows when she was a little kid, is the main character. So, uh, pretty crazy stuff. So, uh, only other thing is the Warped Tour 25th anniversary. I mean, did that come as a surprise to you after the initial Kevin Lyman announcement? couple of years ago or, or was that always kind of in the in the works and how do you feel about kind of going back for seemingly I guess one last one last try <laughs> no I it actually uh, it doesn't surprise me and you know when he said that he wasn't going to do it because you know it's sort of reminiscent of when Bowling for Soup did our farewell tour so that we could take some yep. time off you know uh, what he you know in his announcement he said uh, we're not going to do it coast to coast anymore it's a long summer it's hot everybody's tired you know uh, and and so I had a feeling that it would be more event type stuff that it would be more of like a lava palooza kind of thing that moves around from place to place with a certain number of them each summer I think it's smart how we did it this summer with one on the west coast one in the middle and one in the east um, you know obviously the more populated area got two days and a crazy amount of bands and so it's been very much uh you know mostly just insanely positive but a few people pissed that you know that it's not coming to their town uh but yeah i'm stoked and i i think this sets precedent for what he'll do over the next several years i think you'll all you'll see just a lot of warp tour branded kind of things happening you know we did the cruise a, a year and a half ago and it was great so more things like that um, he actually asked us, asked Bowling for Soup to be one of the bands at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of the Warp Tour exhibit, and we we had to turn it down because it's our anniversary weekend. So unfortunately, we're not going to play. I'm still not going to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> How does it feel to go from kind of starting out there to being a staple, or you know, even more than a staple, being kind of a uh, a veteran yeah like a pioneer kind of thing you know I, mm. uh it's great i mean 2003 2004 we were you know definitely low man on the totem pole uh you know 
uh, our band was, you know, eight, I guess, years in at that point. And, um, no, about, you know, 10 years, nine, 10 years. And, you know, we had already sort of done a lot of things that the other bands on that tour hadn't, but yet we didn't have cred. You know, the, these, these guys had all known each other and they're from California or from this band and they'd all tour together or, you know, they all had some sort of relationship already. And we were definitely kind of the guys that came, we came in in a weird spot. We came in by Ernie Ball bringing us to be the headline band of the Ernie Ball stage, which wasn't even a real stage at that point. Um, and we came in and kicked ass. We blew everybody away on merch. Our crowds were just as big as the main stage. And, um, you know, we earned it. And so a few years later, you know, we would come back and revisit it and we would do the same thing. And by that point, you know, the bands were getting younger, we were getting older, and, and that kind of kept going through, you know, the 2010 area. And then by the time we started coming back again, um, you know, the last several years when we were doing it, at least some dates every year, you know, we were, as you said, a staple. We were you know, we're, we're an institution and Warp Tour is an institution. We've been together 25 years that they've, they've gone 25 years. Um, and it's just, I think we're just sort of that band that, that blends the, the punk rock side of things to the bands that had like pop hits, you know, and so there's the, there's the commercial side of Warped, which is like Simple Plan and Bowling for Soup and that kind of stuff. And then there's the punk rock side of Warped, which is, you know, Pennywise or, even less than Jake at less than Jake had commercial success, but you know, that was even like in the nineties less, less than Jake has done just a, an amazing job of just building this following, um, real big fish too. You know, I, I don't know. So anyway, there's just these different kinds of, of bands who are super successful in their own way. And I feel like Bowling for Soup is just sort of rides this sort of middle area of all that, you know, not having ever been taken on tour by bigger bands, uh, never really, you know, handed a bunch of, never handed any sponsorships or anything like that. We've just always trudged along and done our thing. And, uh, we, we had some success commercially. So, um, you know, it's nice. We, we definitely, you know, the dudes that everybody wants to have a beer with. And, you know, I think we, uh, we earned that. Do you think there's a comfort in being in that middle ground? I mean, when you look at some of the people who've been on Warped, it's, you know, Blink-182, forget Eminem, Katy Perry, like, you know, the, the, some of the names don't really even make sense anymore because it seems so crazy. Do you think there's a comfort in being still there, still rising the ranks through the warp Tour, but not out, you know, not growing out of the warp Tour? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the thing about, about uh, you know, just from a success level, you know, um, Good Charlotte and uh, and Blink-182 are great examples of those bands that just, like, you know, them coming to a Warped Tour is, like, such a big fucking deal. You know, they wouldn't have just done it um, to do it. I mean, the, Good Charlotte did the cruise or whatever, but, like, um, I don't know. I think that there's problems that come with being too successful. And I, and believe me, I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want my band to be more successful but I always said um when we were when we really were starting to do this I was like I don't ever want to be you too big you know like I, I feel like you too big is just too big like that's just too much it's I I just think with that with the insane 
amount of pros comes an unbelievable amount of cons as well with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I always said I want to be Everclear big. Yeah, so I'm not sure how big Everclear got in the UK, but like they no, got no, no, not big, not big. So they got big in the US, but like not arenas and not like even sheds, but like four or five thousand people a, a city, but songs on the radio and like it was just this really com- like they're not in the tabloids and the, you know it's just like this cool sort of um area where like they'll always be able to play shows and people will always know their songs but you know they can fucking go into starbucks and you know um whenever take a shit uh in the public i don't know i don't know where i was headed with that but as so yes there is a i do like the fact that we can still go on the tour and that our crowds are in the bigger uh as far as i mean we're one of the bigger bands literally no but crowd wise on the tour uh, but we can still, you know, walk around and go get beers with people and stuff. Does that make sense? Like, I I hope yeah. it does. I, you know, I, again, I, I just, I like one year, Good Charlotte came back on and for good reason, they had to be moved around the tour in these white vans, you know? So like from their bus to the stage, they had to be driven and, and I get it. I, I'm not taking any, I'm not like, cause I've made fun of the Backstreet Boys for like, thinking that they, it was too, it sucked to try to walk through the air, airport. And I'm just like, well, maybe not wear a f- fur coat and have two huge bodyguards by you. And then people won't, not like put on a hat, you know? Um, but, you know, so I get it. But I, to me, that just, that sort of takes the whole fun out of the whole thing. I mean, you know, yep. the, just being able to just walk around is part of the whole thing. So again, I, I'm not taking anything away from those dudes. That that was 100% necessary for those those guys, and it, it really was fucking crazy the year that they came out and did a couple of shows. Um, so I get it, but I'm I'm su- I'm su- to go back to the original question. I'm super happy with where we where we you know sort of where we live in the Warped Tour world. I like the idea that you know 20 something years ago you said. I don't want to be you too big. I want to be able to take a shit in a Starbucks. And that's why <laughs> you got to the level you are. Otherwise, you would you would have been you too big, but you said no. no I don't. <laughs> I said nay. That's right. No, that makes sense. I mean, you probably would have been, you know, allowed in Canada if you'd have done that, but okay. Um, I'm going to move on because I've just been asking you shit that's completely not on the agenda because I was interested. So the next thing is this day in Bone Soup history. So we're recording on 18th of April. Uh, 18th of April, 2012, you posted uh, a selfie from the rehearsal room um, for the Fishing for Woos US tour with Pat and Pending. You got any memories of that? How did that go? I I will just say one thing I noticed when trying to find literally any info about this tour is it was very evident that this was immediately post label drop because there is no marketing. Can't find a single tour poster online. Can't find anything. Nothing Wait, what, even on what, Facebook. What tour are you talking about? So um, this would have been right after you got back from the acoustic tour. Okay. Um, and you did a few shows with Pat and Pending for Fishing for Woos. Oh, okay. What was it called? You can't just can't get rid of us, or no? That was the UK one. Um, okay. It was that, and that was a couple of years before. Oh, and we did the um, USA. You're saying? 
Yes, yeah, it was a US tour. Yeah. Um, I, I can't find what the tour was called. I can't find anything because all there is is your Instagram posts. I can't find – there's nothing on the Bowling Suit Facebook. There's no tour posters. I can't find any tour dates other than um, stuff from where you played with Pat and Penning. Yeah, um, that, on your Instagram. Well, weird time that would have been, though, as far as social media is concerned, because, I mean, gosh, that was nine or ten years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, Stevenson University is the only venue I found that you played on that tour. So. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and the reason I found that is because you said, even if nobody shows up to see us, at least the crab cakes were good. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, actually, that that might have been the same tour we took the Dolly Rots out for the first time. And because we were talking about that this weekend, me and Kelly, because it has been 10 years. Um, we took the Dolly Rots and Patent Pending out. And um, and if it wasn't the first time, maybe it was the first time we took Patent Pending. Out. I'm not sure. But either way, um, if I remember correctly, we probably didn't even name the tour. We probably just called it Fishing for Woo's tour and get, and put a couple of years on it. And because that was yep. the big move back in the day, like we and we still do that from time to time. It's like drunk enough to dance tour, you know, and then you put the year that you're on and the next year. And, and that way you don't have to keep getting laminates printed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about a few shows that happened during that and uh, and some one in particular in New Jersey where we just played this bar and it was just a shithole. And man, it was just packed and we had such a great night and uh, getting to know the Pat and Penny guys there for the first time and, and, or, or really just get to know them. And, you know, they were all such characters. We used to call them our, they, we used to call them like the young us. Cause they just would storm into a room and just, ah, you know, and like all of our crew would be like, Oh God, like get these guys. Away, you know? <laughs> and, um, you say it like they used to, and that's not changed. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they have calmed down some to be honest. And, you know, and that just comes with age and kids. You know, there's and, just and and Ritalin. Yeah, there's just <laughs> yeah, there's just nothing you can do about that. Well, and Joe Joe's always at the gym now. You know, he's not ever hanging out. He's just at, he just goes to the gym. Uh, but you know that's why he looks like he does, and I look like I do. And uh, but yeah, so you know, great. Anyway, really, obviously, great that we got to know them. And you know, you fast forward, and now Rob's in both bands, and um, couldn't be happier with with uh, with him. You know. It, coming in and and doing what he's doing in our band and and still he's able to to be with them and man it's just going great so you know that the, that was a really good time i mean a crazy time really if you think about you know it was like we had just gotten dropped from this label and we were trying to work a ballad to radio you know we were trying to work turbulence and uh just a really weird time and and you're right we weren't getting a lot of press so we didn't get a lot of attention but the good thing about that is is that we had had a couple of records that not a couple i guess sorry for partying and and kind of um the burrito was where you sort of started to see a few press outlets to where we weren't you know the golden boys of of hilarity anymore you know and so like we sort of the tongue in cheek aspect of our band sort of started to get on some people's nerves that wrote articles about us. And so it's kind of good that we had a little bit of time where we weren't in anybody's face. Um, and, and, you know, we're able to come back and, uh, and do, you know, we did the one big happy record, you know, all of those bands that I mentioned before. And, and then um, the, the first, and then lunch drunk love, which is my divorce record, which critically was, fucking great you know and uh and then kind of just got back to where we where we what we were doing and 
you know, seem to work. What? No. That was, I... <laughs> that was, it just, uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just so you guys know, that was an example of business, Jarrett. Critically, my divorce was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it fucking worked in our favor. You know, it fucking <laughs> tore me apart, you know, put me on fucking drugs and uh, not like drugs, but, you know, medication, gained a bunch of weight. Maybe, maybe this is why you struggled to get better for such a long time, because you kept telling your therapist, like, I mean, it's going great. It's, it's going, looking yeah, great. It's fucking, yeah. I have never had more money. It's going brilliant. <laughs> it's business is awesome. You know, like. <laughs> no press is bad press. <laughs> ah, man, you got me on well, that one, buddy. So a new segment on the podcast this time because we ran out of um, TV appearances that were actually uh, on the internet. So I okay. don't know. Um, BFS on camera. So we're going to talk about the Punk Rock 101 video, um, how filming that was. I know there's a few stories out there about fucking falling asleep, standing up and shit. Yeah. Talk about. Yeah, the Punk Rock 101 video shoot. You know, it was back in the day where we actually had some pretty big budgets for these things. Sorry. And yeah, we uh, we rented this huge warehouse and basically set up, you know, not we. I mean, we had directors and it is back, you know, you had catering and all these different actors and just people around. It was just like you could just watch the money just fucking every bagel that everybody ate. You'd just see dollar signs going up and it was like, Jesus Christ, we're spending lots of money. But that was a 26-hour shoot uh, from the time that we got there, you know, shitload of wardrobe changes and just tons and tons of different things going on and um just fast motion mosh pitting and slow motion and you know set up a classroom and a and a hair salon and uh you know chris crushing the director and you know then you know but basically like we did all of this extra shit us coming out of the bus and you know all of that by the time we got to the live performance we had already been there like 20 hours maybe something like that and so, you know, as we're as we're filming that thing, the live performance, it's I mean, we're all exhausted. And I actually wasn't feeling well. I was pretty sick the whole time. So I was sick. I had had some drinks. I was tired. And the we're we're playing that and you can just I I can still hear it today, just like the director's going, Jarrett, open your eyes, open your eyes. So like there's a lot of shots of me during that that particular video where I am really really opening my eyes up and if you like compare that one to like the videos before and after it which i guess would be you know 1985 and girl the bad guys want you'll, you'll see what i'm talking about like my eyes are like i'm full on just trying to do as as big eyes as i possibly can and um but yeah man and then you know we that video is cool because they took it they edited it and then like the helicopters that fly over on the front were like a surprise for us and that was cool and uh so yeah, man, just definitely still one of my favorite videos. Like I, you know, it's cool that we got the chance to make videos like that. It's definitely hard to to spend money like that anymore. Uh, but that one in high school never ends, and almost in 1985, where we got to do just so much stuff. And um, you know, I'm glad I'm glad we lived through those days. Uh, but you know, the again the amount of money that we spent. I mean, we were still I, we were still recording to film, I believe. You know, I mean, it was fucking expensive, but we made it through. Yeah, I mean, obviously times have changed and it's it's rare you see a music video anymore that's not just the band playing in front of the green screen. But 
I mean, you know, look at the Catalyst video. You, you're still doing shit, and I imagine you're doing shit on a much more logical budget than the yeah. record company was. So Definitely, and, you know, and also just using less shit, you know. I mean, it's funny. It's, it's like the last several Bowling for Soup videos have been really, really DIY. I mean, like we, you know, just me and Jason and, you know, out there and just doing it. Uh, and then, like, if you look at Not Your Girlfriend's videos, those are a little bit more in-depth, and we use a lot more stuff and a lot more lighting. And, and, and so I think that eventually Bowling for Soup will be sort of back in the middle of it. But literally, you're talking about, you know, doing a video for $1,000 versus 2500 bucks, whereas, you know... Uh, the bitch song was twenty five grand, and I think the uh, and I think punk rock one hundred and one was like seventy five grand or something crazy. And then um, high school never ends. I don't even want to. I'll never even disclose how much money that cost, but it was a lot, and uh, it's just crazy that we used to spend. And then turbulence, for example, we were. Um, I mean, we did that on our own and rented a fucking airplane, and we did it for five grand. So um, you know, videos are expensive, but. You know, it's 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 always nice to have that representation of the song. Next segment in the podcast is what is Jarrett listening to right now? Well, I love Billy Joe Armstrong's new band, The Long Shot. Um, and uh, my friend Jeff, who was in a band called Ashtray Babyhead, is actually in Green Day. He's the guy that stands stage right back in the back and plays acoustic guitar and sings and he jumps all the time. Wow. And uh, so he's the bass player in Long Shot, and then um, man, I love that that shit. It's it's fucking great, especially like the first like first half um, is really good. So if you haven't checked that out, I mean, if you're a Green Day fan, you know, I, it's it's funny because I've I've heard some people they're just like you know like it. Why didn't you just do these as Green Day songs? And I see what he's doing. Like they, it really is. It's a completely different band, um, and I dig it. So I haven't listened to it yet. How does it compare to the the other side project they did with it, um, Foxborough Hot Tubs? Yeah, it's just different. You know, I mean, like I felt like the you know all of his stuff. I can see why he does them as different bands. You know, because he's done so many different things. Uh, but it's more it's 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 pretty straight up rock and roll. You know, you know, there's a lot of just sort of like Ramonesy type stuff, and then there's like real guitar solos in there, and um, you know, uh, just a really cool. Really well written record. I'm digging it. Cool. Um, next thing is the story behind the song, and the fan page is voted for "When We Die." Oh, great! Yeah, good one. Um, so I, we were working on. See, that's on Hangover. You don't just no. That's on Burrito. And uh, I was going to write a song with Butch Walker for that record and we were only going to do one and we did only do one I believe if I'm thinking about this correctly yeah so I think that's the only song that we did together on that record oh no we did two uh, but the other one didn't make the album but we did release it later just as a as a here's this I think I don't remember how we did it but it's called straight to video so we wrote this song called straight to video and then he was like do you have a, a ballad for your record and I was like, no, you know, I don't. I, you know, really probably should have one. And so, you know, we just started the the thing of, you know, 
the the original idea was the um he had the line I know that we're going to be fine and the tattooed mistakes are going to fade over time. And then so we just started going going through that or whatever and then the whole like you know we can't get any of this if we to put it simply when you tell people you know you don't live forever to put it simply you, you're not you know you can't get any of this back when you die kind of thing. And um so we made one verse up about uh, just sort of like a relationship and sort of like waking up after a night of just being drunk and fighting and being assholes and, you know, there's broken glass in the sink and, you know, most people who drink a bunch or at least have in the past know that feeling. And, uh, you know, and sort of just waking up and just being like, you know, gosh, we we can do this kind of thing. And then, and then that that just went over into the whole idea of like you know your parents just not really believing in you or being you know almost being ashamed of what you're doing and and you know all all musicians not all musicians I think a lot of musicians go through at least a time in their life when their parents are like okay time to grow up now you know and mine was really late like my parents re- were were really supportive of me playing an instrument um they were just a little freaked out like after I graduated from university and all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and put all my shit in storage and go drive around in a van for a while and see what happens, you know? And I think at that point it was like, what the fuck is my child doing? Um, and so that was where we drew that inspiration from. And, um, you know, that song came together really quickly as, as most songs that I wrote with Butch came along. I mean, one of us comes in with a line or, or uh or whatever as you know girl the bad guys want he had even more than that um and uh you know you just never know where it's good star song i think i had the chorus and the first verse and we just finished it and so you just kind of never know like where those things are and how they're gonna finish but um super proud of that one you know the funny thing about when we die is it's probably the song that got us dropped from jive and when i say that uh here's why um we we really believed in high school never ends and for good reason if you look at our 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 the way that the audience reacts whenever we play that live or if you if you look at our spotify listens or you know our streaming in general um High School Never Ends is up up there, like with anything, you know, it's as much, or if, I think it's more even than Girl the Bad Guys Want, or almost, I think it's, you know, 1985 being the only thing that's bigger than those, and that song went to radio at an interesting time, and again, Christmas has fucked me more than once, because I tell the, so- the story about, you know, the same thing happening on Sorry <laughs> for Partying, but, uh, you know, the label shuts down early December and is shut down through you know mid-january and so they try to come back you know with guns blazing well high school never ends was doing okay at radio there had been a few people that were just like this is just 1985 too and you know for me i was just like yeah you know um but it wasn't just blowing the doors down uh and so jive made a made a decision to just bail out on high school on high school never ends after after not really much work on it and they're just like well we know for sure that when we die is a hit and we're just going to move on to this or whatever and they were wrong 
you know, when we die, did did great, uh, but it it wasn't a smash. And high school never ends would have been. And uh, and to back that up, uh, you know, the our the main guy who did radio for us then, that who was the head of promotion. That's what they call the guys that do your radio shit. He was head of promotion at Jive at the time. He is now the co-president of RCA, which is half the labels in the world. And that dude still admits. He's just like, man, that was our biggest fuck up. We should have just came back and, you know, the high, sc- high School Never Ends likely would have been another 1985, but a less specific 1985 that to this day would be, you know, you'd be hearing yeah. it in movies and shit like that. So... You know, you can always look back and say what would have been. I, you know, I feel like I'm correct on that one, and obviously the the numbers are there to back it up. But you know, you live and learn. And uh, I mean, I can tell you from a UK perspective because radio play just isn't a big thing here. Um, it's it's just it just the radio isn't as big at all because right. obviously it's it's so much smaller here. Sure. We don't have space for 400 radio stations. You know, so um, music television was was really the big thing especially for for rock music you know because yeah. it didn't get much radio play so yeah i mean kerrang scores that that was where you you heard your your music and as someone who didn't have the internet for a long time um i had never seen the when we die video but <laughs> i like that but high school never ends yeah was uh, and probably to this probably to this day is my least favorite Bone of Soup song because it was like Kerrang played it like every three songs. It was yeah. just on all the time. Yeah, they... all the time to the point where I, I was I was sick of it. You know, it's... absolutely no. I I totally understand that, and you know, just yeah. I mean, you know, again, you it's like it's like anything else though in in Bowling for Soup's career. You know, you can look back and be woe is me about several things. I mean, the fact that you know, had Napster and, and file sharing not happened, you know, I'd be fucking rich. I'm just not, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it just is what it is. But at the same time, you know, I've managed to accomplish a lot of things that some of those bands that had record sales in those times did. You know, and and I'm lucky as shit because we live in this world like, you know, our genre streams like a motherfucker. And those rock bands, there's nobody listening to them on Spotify kind of thing. Um and and so again it's it's one of those things too where and and that's what's weird even having this conversation as well is that radio doesn't mean shit anymore to most bands. I mean, you know, the, if you if you have a hit on radio it's great, but nobody's going for it anymore because it just really doesn't exist. It's it's like, you know, you you, you there's just not room for a rock band out there anymore until someone just decides that they're going to let one slip in there and um it's just a different world we live in. And you know, and and you know, we stopped playing the radio game right when we got off Jive Records because that you know that was their deal and that that's what they were good at. You know, for us, it was uh, we we just became a DIY band and have remained that. And it and it's it's because of that that I feel like you know we've always been able to have that relationship with our fans and and for the people that dig our stuff because we're the ones out there doing it. And I will just say, I said this on the fan page the other day, ironically. Uh, Napster actually pays now the best per stream rate of all the streaming services. So if you want to help your favorite artists when you listen to music, fucking sign up for Napster. I you know, no it's, uh, it's crazy that it's it's gone from 
they were, they were the reason that yeah. file sharing happened to, you know, they're kind of paying penance for that now. Yeah, I had no idea that that was even still a thing. Like, I'll, I'll uh, I mean, we should look into MySpace as well. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think that, I, I think that's like one guy now. Yeah. One guy. <laughs> there was that's a just... thing a few years ago, though, where like someone came and was like, okay, MySpace is about to lo- relaunch and they're doing this whole music thing and we yeah. got to get in from the ground up and yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, eh, you know. I don't know. Unless they change the name, they're fucked. You know, like because yeah, nobody's it was, gonna. It's it's too cliche now. It was in the news recently as well that they just lost like, like fucking seventy percent of their music because yeah. like they lost the rights to it, and so all the music that content uploaders had put on there is gone. So yeah, I mean, MySpace is fucked. MySpace is like, MySpace is one guy standing outside of Seven Eleven just saying, "Please, like, help me." So yeah, you you made the right choice with that. One hundred percent. Final thing, and let's see if we can uh, whiz through this because there's not that many questions. Is the uh, Q and A from the fan page? Okay. So, Eloise Skelly, and let me just quickly say, actually, this is the point where I mispronounce people's names. I'm very sorry. Um, I don't care. Eloise Skelly says, "What is your favorite thing that a fan has done or said at a show?" Um. I don't know. That's a tough thing because it's it's you know there's 25 years of that. You know, I I like it when people come up and share that you know one of my songs has has helped them or like has makes them happy on a bad day. Uh, that's pretty much my favorite thing that that happens from time to time. Um, and I'm not. I mean, it happens all the time. But you know, and the the sad ones are like hit me in the heart. You know, where it's like you know. Uh, because I don't want anybody to ever hurt, but um, you know, again, anytime that things that I made up in my underwear at my kitchen table, you know, are helping somebody that's having a bad day or a bad month or a bad year, uh, that just feels really good. And uh, you know, I, I that's sort of why I'm still doing it. You know, other other than you know, it's my job, but you know, and and I like my house. You know, and uh... <laughs> you don't want to be the MySpace guy outside the Seven Eleven. No, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, Adria Bowman says, "What's something that you hate that everyone else seems to love?" Okay, something that I hate that everyone else seems to love. Well, first of all, I hate Led Zeppelin, but I think that I don't really feel like I'm as alone in that as I used to be. Um, you know, I fucking everybody seems to like tequila shots. I don't like it. Uh, but I do it uh, because I, uh, what? Bake. Oh, yeah, thank you. My wife just walked in, and uh, and she she actually just hit the nail on the head. It This one's easy, and I don't know why I didn't say this first. Bacon. I don't like bacon. Oh, yeah. And everybody likes bacon. But again, that gets us into the the bacon thing where half of my fans are from the United Kingdom, and y'all's bacon is fine because we call that ham. But for you guys that want to know what we're talking about so what people in america call bacon you guys call streaky bacon or or fat back bacon and that shit's fucking gross so when you guys say ham yeah what are you talking about when we say ham it's just like ham you know like you cut off like there's this big like fucking i don't know what part of the ham it is probably their ass because it's this oh we we call that gammon gammon okay cool and then there's Canadian bacon, uh, which is also ham. 
Um, and in fact, people pizza places here used to call it Canadian bacon. They don't even call it Canadian bacon anymore. They just call it ham now. Um, but what? Where does so does your bacon? Your bacon must just come from a leaner place than our bacon comes from, because it just tastes like ham, and I like that. I just don't like the fatty parts of the bacon is what I don't like. I don't, and right. grease makes me, I don't like grease, or I don't really like butter. But do you like grease too? I like grease too, yes, I do. <laughs> I like grease too David a lot. DM, David DM asks, uh, what is one BFS song you would consider to be one of your favorites, favorites but is super underrated? Uh, BFS song, one of my favorites, super underrated. Uh, Last Call Casualty is what I feel, I, but I'm not sure how underrated it is. Uh, there, you know, that's funny is like with every album, there's always the song where I think people are going to fucking love this one. And like you, nobody says anything bad about it. You just don't ever hear anything good. You know, like that, it just kind of becomes one of those that, that people just sort of just go past, you know, or listen to on the thing. But yeah, Last Call Casualty is one. Um, let's see. There's got to be one off the last record that, I thought people would really like, and um, I mean, I, the other one that that I really, really, really liked was that song that we had called uh, uh, "Smiley Face." It's all good. I fucking loved that song, and I don't know why people didn't gravitate towards. It. We even had like a guy make a claymation video for it and stuff, and just I don't know, just one of those. I, I feel like it, that nope. that song should nope. be more more received. You know what both those songs have in common is super American references. That's why. Oh. None of the UK fans get it. So you've got Last Call Casualty. Uh, yeah. We don't use Star 69. Uh. So um, he, so he, in that song, he's in bed with her, and then he hits Star 69. That right. sounds like a super dirty thing. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> we call that 1471. Oh, okay. So, so that's, should, what, that's I, what the problem is there. I need to start sending you ly lyrics before I cut them, and then I could do British versions. Because, like, Gerinus, we did uh, football, it's awesome. Football. And we also did football, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. I will, I will rewrite your references and make yeah, them UK Or just funny. at least highlight the shit you don't understand, and, so, then, and then tell me what, or you will understand it, but like, hey, they don't know what this is, but... The, but this is what they do, and then I'll just remake the rhyme, and we have UK version of the album. And Smiley Face, I think, is the one where you talk about the Macy's Day Parade, right? Yeah, yeah. that we we don't we don't have. Of course, that. you don't. Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. So. But to be fair, I've been doing American references my entire career, and it hasn't really hindered me. No, I'm just fucking with you. I guess we don't. No, but we that don't, is a good we, point. We also though. we also don't have celebrity golf with Alice Cooper. <laughs> do you uh how about pooper scooper isn't that from that same song yeah well yeah that we no we wouldn't we wouldn't call it that um you'd pick it up in a bag got it so yeah. a dog poop bag oh interesting interesting okay. kaylee frenan asks do you have a lucky charm or anything similar that you take with you whenever you're on tour no, I don't. And the reason why I don't do that is because I, I would tend to lose it. Um, and that, man, when you when you go on tour, and, and you know this, Daniel, like you're on a bus, it's like 
it's so hard to keep up with anything. It really is. Like you, you because you try to be disciplined and put stuff where it goes each and every night. Like and but the minute you just throw something in your bunk, you don't see it for four days. And I mean that's like a hoodie, you know, like sometimes you just don't even see your hoodie for five days. And then it just You turns know why up. that is? It's because all of the bedding is black and all of our clothes are black. Now that's, <laughs> that's the problem. That's one hundred percent true. Well, and also just the fact that everyone's clothes are black, and then there's yeah. it's just you know different sizes of that in sixteen bunks. Yeah, well, when we got back from the uh, Christmas tour, uh, Bernie texted the group like, "I brought my hoodie back, but it's like seven sizes too small." <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Like, I think it was the Dolly Rots hoodie, yeah. and, he, and he had John Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it just fucking happens everyone has the same clothes and uh i know if you listen to the to the last podcast in december then you will know that um it's super easy to just jarrett loses his luggage for three days you know Jesus so christ so, no yeah. i didn't lose my luggage but i whatever i it's it's fine it's fine <laughs> jarrett's luggage is in the bay and if he had a lucky charm you know we would have lost that shit for three days. Ah, so damn it, three fine. days, you know. And if we'd have been in Europe, it would probably have pee on it because those fucking bogs leak. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's true. I digress. Um, Sarah Nuremberg, I think, says, what part of BFS 25 are you and the guys most excited about? Uh, well, obviously the show. I mean, that's going to be great. We're going we're gonna to have that. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. I'm really excited about the brunch, too. The brunch is, is selling really well. I think it's probably going to have to be moved outside or it's going to sell out um, pretty soon. So um, I just think the whole weekend is going to be great. You know, the the movie podcast, we're excited about it. Casey's not going to be able to be there, which is, which sucks because uh, we, we have a, another thing that we committed to to do with the kids that is a big deal. And uh, what? What? Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, no, that's a different thing. Oh, Casey will be there. Boy, glad you walked in when you did. Really killing it Twice. Right yeah, that's twice she's contributed. Um, Isn't this how she got a spot on your other podcast? 100%, yeah. And, well, and also how she got fired from the podcast that didn't make it, too, because she came in and she'd had some drinks and, it was, and she wouldn't <laughs> stop talking. And it was just – we only did one episode. She just completely sabotaged it, and that was the end of that deal. So, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Nicole Fleming has two questions. Firstly, if you didn't end up being a successful lead singer of Only for Soup, what job would you have hoped to be doing? Well, I wanted to be a corporate psychologist. Um, and so, you know, I have the degrees to get myself into that. I probably would have ended up being in some sort of marketing situation, though. I mean, uh, you know, the, the funny thing about, like, all of the friends that I have that work for marketing firms or whatever is they all sort of have that same personality. You know, most I know a whole troop of improv comics, and they, they just write commercials, and that would be fun. And uh, so you know, one of those two things I think would be great. I, I don't know that the corporate psychologist thing would have been for me once I got there. Uh, but I like to think that I would have found something creative along the way that would have, uh, that would have steered me in that direction. Nicole's second question is how did you end up with a Daniel? And if so, why would you want a Daniel? <laughs> I assume that means 
how did I start working for you? I think that does mean you. Well, uh, <laughs> here's what uh, – so I he found me on Twitter, <laughs> and he laughed at my jokes, and then I started laughing at his jokes. And when I laughed at his jokes, he would point out to everyone that I laughed at his jokes. And then uh, I met him. I love the kid. And then one time I just said, hey, you want to just come on the whole tour with me and just drink beers? And then he came on the tour and started drinking beers. But he started working, and now he's made himself – he basically made himself a position. Just goes to show you kids, you know, don't take advantage. Take opportunity. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, just goes to show you kids, drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to slow you down, but we'll get we, – I think we've already been through that. Yeah, we did that. Uh, Cameron – Jay Nibs asks, is there any track of yours that listening back you would like to rework? Uh, there's a few, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to get back a hold of, like, Let's Do It For Johnny. And and, and it even, like, um, I was listening to Ohio come back to Texas the other day, and uh, I just feel like I sing that song with so much more energy live. And when I hear it, recorded it just it sounds really just sort of like flatlined and th that would probably be the one if i had to choose right now i'd love to go in and just redo come back to texas and just somehow replace everywhere but that's a weird one for me to pick because it's easily in our top 10 most popular songs so maybe i just shouldn't be picking anything i don't know shit it's funny that you say that though because you hate live albums and well, that's, that's the reason i love live albums because they have more energy than the studio that's true the reason that i hate live albums though is because i just like how recorded things sound and i like patterns and shit it's like uh for example uh, my children are very familiar with the soundtrack to hamilton okay and we love it and we sing it and we wore it out for a year and we sort of listened to it again when it was coming to town. So I took them to see Hamilton. And like the second song or third song in is this song, uh, I Am Not Throwing Away My Shot. And this guy sang it so different that I was just watching Jack's eyes to just see if he was having the same annoyance as I was. And you, I, could, I didn't say anything to him, but you could just see it was driving him fucking crazy. It was like we turned the dude from Counting Crows loose on the thing and it's just like it's never going to be the same ever again like it just i was just the whole time it was killing me um i like it to sound the way that it sounds you know so that's why when people are like dude you sound exactly like live like you sound on the cd i'm like yeah because that's what i fucking sold you that's what you're coming to hear you know yeah uh but i get that people like you know diversity and jamming and all that shit and that's just to taste but i i'm just not a fan um i mean Personally, I think I would rather listen to a Green Day live album than a studio album. Really? Oh, that's the Green Day is the big one for me. That their live albums is like I'm right there. Yeah. That's the thing is, is I would I, I prefer going to the show than listening to the CD. Obviously, so sure. for me, it's like listening to being at the show, um, which moves us on quite eloquently and not at all deliberately uh, to Zucas Lucas. Zapparoli's question uh, which Green Day song do you listen to and go holy shit this is their masterpiece oh fuck um 
Well, my favorite song is the uh, the one I can never uh, pronounce. Hold on. Uh, I always forget. Pa- Pas- Pascala, Pascala Deo. Road to Pass. Hold on. Uh... Here, hold on. It's going to come up in a minute. Uh, well, that didn't. Oh, Pasa, Pasa, Pasa La Croix. Going to yeah, Pasa La Croix. I knew it would be. I knew it would be that one you couldn't pronounce. Yeah. Um, I fucking love that song. But there's also like I think who wrote Holden Caulfield is really good because I I I think just the reference to Catcher in the Rye is so interestingly smart. Um, but their masterpiece. That's tough, man. Um. Everybody knows I fucking love Green Day, right? Like, so that's just really hard. I mean, I think, it, I guess we'd have to all kind of say American Idiot because that band had, you know, hold on, listen to my reasoning. That, you know, they were doing, they were back down to doing like 4,000 seaters and stuff. You know, like they had kind of, uh, they had lost momentum. And, and you know, that's fine. I mean, it was almost like, the, but it was almost like their, their course had been charted and we'd just forever be singing Longview forever. And then that fucking video and song came out and it was just like a goddamn truck just drove through the music world, you know, and it just fucking changed everything for them, you know? And then they went on to, 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 to you know, to be more political like that and, you know, dress in black and that's when the eyeliner was on and, you know, all that shit. And it just kind of recreated their image as well. So, uh... So I guess if you had to point to one song that, and obviously there's a f- goddamn Broadway production called that, you know, so just for the sake of all of the things that that song accomplished, hard not to pick that one. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But is it your favorite? No, uh, you know, it's not my favorite, but it's, uh, in fact, I, that era, I, I'll listen to it, but it's just not what I, you know, what I listen to, you know, um, you know, I mean, but again, I go sort of back to Insomniac, which is the record that I didn't like on purpose because Green Day was getting popular. And then I was pissed off at myself a couple of years later when I listened to it. And I'm like, God damn, this is so good. See, for me, I think Christie Road. Christie Road has, there's something about it that like, I don't know where the fuck Christie Road is, but I feel like it's home to me. Yeah. Like, there's something about those words, man. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I think, you know, his... Lyrically, when you can understand what the fuck he's talking about, he's usually got something to say. I just can't understand a fucking thing he says. <laughs> uh, Wendy Victoria, this is going to be quick fire now. Wendy Victoria says, what is your favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Craigie Smith says, if you could pick any artist alive or dead to do a duet with, who would it be and why? Frank Turner, because he's the goddamn poet of this generation. Jessica Chapman says, if you could give one piece of advice to those going through a difficult time right now, what would it be? Uh, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to somebody that will listen. Don't bottle anything up inside um, because all that does is just build up and build up and build up and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, so just communicate and, um, you know, do your best to um, take the things out of your life that are not positive. Mark Tissington asks, and I hope this is a private joke because nobody understood What's it like being called and growing up with the name Jarrett? <laughs> okay. 
being called and growing up with the I don't think that's an inside joke. I think he's saying like y'all say, uh, my friend's called Bobby. You know what I mean? Like that's his name. He's just wondering what it's like having the name Jarrett. Uh, it's super weird for most of my childhood. A because I was always uncomfortable saying it. So like when people ask ask me my name, I never thought I could say Jarrett correctly. Uh, as a kid, also it's weird that it rhymes with parrot and carrot. Super easy to make up. Shit, my brother would say. Jarrett, Jarrett, the one-legged parrot sitting on the bathtub eating a carrot. And uh, he was five years older, so that would make me cry. And uh, But also, you know, every substitute teacher either called me Janet or Jared or Gerald. And uh, so, yeah. And plus, I have to spell it every time. I can't just say Jarrett because you're either going to put two R's, two T's, or, or a, a random fucking I, you know. So, um you know, interesting, interesting name, but I love it now, and I'm, you know, I, I'm glad I stuck with it. I was gonna uh, change it to Tyrone, but uh, I, I changed my mind. John the Gick Gickler asks, "Is it just ducks, or do you like all kinds of young waterfowl?" I fucking love baby animals, but these goddamn ducks. I think we've got about twenty of them now running around the neighborhood. But I'm positive that there's these uh, geese. That are about to have babies. And so I'm waiting for that shit too. So yeah, I just like little baby waterfowl, I guess. But it is mostly these fucking ducks. I found baby ducks uh, yesterday. No, two days ago on the golf course. And I was very excited. <laughs> Sorry, I can't move on from very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally typed that to Casey the other day. And then I just sent her a picture of Borat, like, basically naked. <laughs> uh, Robert Peaston says, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, I guess I'd go... I don't, I don't think you can fuck with invisibility, you know? Like, that would be really good. I mean, the only problem with invisibility is, is that unlike the movies where somebody's invisible, you would still make the noise, you know, and I think people would still be able to fill you in the room kind of thing, but that would be a good one, and it'd be super useful, you know, if you wanted to spend the night in Target or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's the first thing I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Coffee says, if you decided to live in the UK, where would it be? Uh, God, that would be fucking tough. I, there are so many places in the UK that I love, so not everybody don't get mad at me about this. Um, I don't know. I, I probably Manchester. I would think I would start in Manchester because here's my, my th A, I don't want to live in London. I don't want any part of that shit. Um, so I would probably start in Manchester because I've probably spent the most time there other than London, and I kind of get the vibe, and plus it's a happening place, and there's sports and karaoke and shit. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely, there are other cities that I think are really, really great, but I, uh, yeah, Manchester. Kaylee Gibson asks, are there upcoming plans for you and Kelly after the release of your album? So, as I said earlier, um, I pretty much am swamped the rest of the year doing BFS 25, and they just are releasing a new record soon. So, excuse me. 
they're touring as well. And so after we're both done with that, we can start thinking about it. So I think in the fall, we'll be able to start planning some things for early next year. And uh, that is definitely the plan. I would love for us to get out there and do some shows, even if it's like a house party thing in both countries, uh, you know, in the UK and the US or whatever. I mean, um, I, I think the, the songs speak for themselves. And I think that it's definitely something that we want to keep doing. Dave Wiggy Marlowe asks, are there any plans for Heartache and Hilarity 3? Uh, yeah. Well, not plans, uh, but I'm definitely going to do it again. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to get there this September. Um, but maybe maybe in about a year, maybe spring next year, maybe kind of change it up, come over at a different time. Um, but yeah, I will definitely be back for a for another acoustic tour for sure. Uh, Geraldine Darling asks, did the giant Texan hail balls miss your area this time around? They did, yeah, both times. We just had them again last night, and we had them uh, last week. So, so far, so good this year. But, um, you know, it's it's getting pretty crazy around here. And finally, Casey Yant says, do you know where my gray shoes are? Yes, they are under the bench behind the couch. There you go, Casey. You wasted everyone's time. Okay, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been episode nine of the fan page rampage. I'm going to kick Jarrett's ass and we are going to get these monthly again. Uh, please go check out both of my blogs. Hopefully you will hear this before the Island shows. Um, I have a tour blog, Daniel Cotton on tour, all one word, Google that you'll find it. My other blog is about mental health. If you Google Daniel Cotton from Twitter again, all one word, you'll find that Jarrett, anything to plug? Uh, yes, please check out Rockstar Dad Show anywhere you listen to podcasts or live on Adobe Radio on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, please check out Jarrett Goes to the Movies. If you've tried Jarrett Goes to the Movies in the past, give it another shot too. I mean, I, I think that we, we're definitely having a lot of fun and there's a lot of new features, including a random song from the movie each week that we 100% do not rehearse and we just add it in. Follow me on all the socials, J-A-R-E-T-2113. Jarrett and Kelly, new album out now, JarrettandKelly.com and Bowling for Soup, that DVD is available all over the place and um, new music, Bowling for Soup, new music. You heard it here first, uh, starting in, actually, I'll make this announcement right here, Daniel. Starting in June, we will be releasing a cover a month for a year. Plus, over the next year, we will be releasing at least six new original songs that will go straight to stream. Uh, and so all of our music for the next year will be free. So ten, uh, 12 covers in the next year starting in June, plus six to ten originals, uh, each song with a video or, or or lyric video going straight to YouTube and streaming and uh, out there for you guys to enjoy. There you go. If you want to hear shit like that for the first time from this podcast and get exclusive information, then you should join the BFS fan page. Search Bowling for Soup fan page on Facebook. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode nine. See you later. See ya. Rampage with Jerry.